Trigger warning. This episode contains adult content and may be distressing for some listeners. Pride Across the Ages is a collaborative project to amplify and celebrate the voices of regional LGBTIQA plus living in central Victoria. All episodes were recorded on Jar Jar land and we respectfully recognise that First Nations sovereignty was never ceded. This land always was and always will be Aboriginal land. This project has been made possible with the financial assistance of Melbourne Pride and with the support of the Mount Alexander LGBTIQA plus steering group the Mount Alexander Shire Council and Main FM 94.9. Yeah, hello, my name is uh, Teresa Davis. I'm uh, 51 years of age. I was born in Traugan in uh, good old Gippsland. And when I was about uh, 12, we moved up to Queensland. But um, I identify as uh, transgender, she, her, my pronouns. And, um, yeah, that's basically me from the ground up. I started my life out pretty much doing typical boy sort of things. Like I used to ride bikes with my friends and play cricket at school and do all that sort of thing. And, uh, yeah, we used to get into a lot of trouble all the time. But I don't get into quite as much trouble these days, thankfully. Yeah, I had a really good childhood, actually. My parents were fantastic. Well, it's very loving and that sort of thing. I was sick a fair bit because I had a lot of ear infection problems, but uh, not a problem anymore. When it comes to challenges and things like that, I was very quiet and very shy. I've changed a bit these days, though. I'm a bit more outspoken. Sometimes have to hold back from what I want to say. I have some really good memories. Uh, some of the friends that I met at school and just the diversity of the kids at the school. Well, it was so good back then. I was... I went to a good old Catholic school, so I had that sort of upbringing. I didn't really identify necessarily with many feminine aspects from that age. I suppose I was always going into dress shops with mum when she was choosing her dresses and I would sort of help her with the colours and things like that. I was always good at that sort of thing. And I started doing a lot of writing and writing to music and that sort of things. When I was probably about 11 or 12, I really started to notice that I was a lot, a lot more attracted to feminine things and feminine aspects of things, and stories about girls and things like that. And at school, most of my friends were girls that I used to hang around with and do the good old skipping rope thing and all that sort of stuff. And it hasn't really changed a great deal. I still, most of my friends are uh, females or feminine, in some gender aspect. But then I started getting a real interest in clothes and uh, fashion. And for a while there, I wanted to be a fashion designer and get into doing sort of fashion like makeup and all that sort of thing. And that was a real interest. But on the other side of things, I also had a really strong interest in science and engineering and I used to design a lot of things and 
into electronics and always designing something or coming up with new ideas. So when I was about um, 12 years old, our family decided to move up to uh, Queensland, the Sunshine Coast, and live in uh, Nambour. Dad had had enough of the work he was doing and wanted a bit of a sea change. Uh, so we moved up there and it was such a contrast to uh, Gippsland, really was. And, and the people were quite different too. As you realise, as a Victorian, when you move to Queensland, you really stand out as a Victorian. My life with my parents was great, but uh, a lot of my um, school-like experiences weren't the best in Queensland. Um, a lot of what happened in school was, I suppose, quite negative. Being a little bit feminine and being a bit different didn't bode well, particularly back in those days. And um, yeah, so I suffered quite a lot at school. But again, I sort of resorted to my music. I was When I finished school, I went straight home and into music practice and enough study to get by. I was in a couple of bands when I was up in Queensland and we sort of travelled down to Brisbane and played and, and that was a chance for me to start writing songs about some of my experiences. The more I did that, the more I started to realise how much more of my feminine side was apparent and actually showed, particularly when I had a few drinks, it sort of showed a lot more and friends would some, sometimes tell me. They weren't negative about it but they uh, definitely picked up, probably before I really did, how feminine I was. I studied science at school, um, or a lot of science subjects, because that's the direction I wanted to head. Then I wanted to be um, an engineer for NASA, but uh, never quite got there. But uh, things sort of went in a different direction. I always learnt very early on that it was so important to learn to be yourself however difficult it is at times because sometimes you generally tend to expect the worst out of a lot of situations that you're in and many times or most times that's not the case uh, unexpected things happen you meet quite amazing people and a lot of your experiences so it's it's always good to be yourself and not to hold back too much and to learn to find ways to express yourself, whether it's through writing or whether it's through uh, painting or other forms of art or expressive avenues. And I tend to do that with my music. Yeah, so I stayed in Queensland until about oh, I was 18 years of age. Then we uh, headed back down to Victoria and came down to the Bendigo region. As I went through the ages, I um, started uh, dressing and uh, started to meet new and interesting people and uh, quite a few of my friends were gay. So I got to understand a lot of their experiences and a lot of what they went through growing up. Other things that I started to notice was that I was attracted to some boys, but I was more attracted to girls still. And most of my experiences, I was engaged for about five years, but that uh, didn't work out. I had a, had a boyfriend for a little while and... Um, 
he actually suggested to me that I could possibly be transgender. That's when I started to look more into uh, more about what transgender meant because back then I really didn't know about that and this was the early 80s and we sort of knew about gay people and lesbian people and those terms that were used back then and not much else. It was something that I really didn't know much about but I started to learn very quickly especially once the internet came along and I joined groups overseas because there wasn't really much in Australia and I started to learn a lot more about who I really was and that I was definitely a transgender person. The work I did at the time because I studied software engineering at university, a lot of them were quite diverse people, also from very diverse multicultural backgrounds. That really helped to open my eyes a lot. We stayed in Bendigo for quite a number of years until um, Dad passed away and then not long after there I uh, started to transition and uh, stayed with some friends in Bendigo in Kangaroo Flat for about three or four years. Then I started to branch out a bit and I found some other transgender friends that uh, lived in uh, Melbourne. So I started to go down Melbourne a little bit and went to uh, DT's, which was sort of a, a regular spot to sort of meet people that were um, diverse. And uh, I met my present partner at DT's, and we just started going out for coffees and, and um, things like that, having a meal together, and eventually moved in together, and, and uh, we're in Castlevania at the moment, and we've been together for about... It's almost five years now, and um, yeah, things are pretty good. This is going back a little bit after I left um, Bendigo. I wanted a little bit of a sea change, so I moved to Melbourne, where I eventually started up IT consultancy business because I was doing um, cybersecurity and database development and stuff like that then. And I started going out to a lot of the interesting clubs in Melbourne, DTs and I think the abode. And you just meet some absolutely amazing people that you wouldn't expect to meet in places like that at all. Uh, it was a real eye-opener and terrific experience. And I made, still have many of those good friends now. We started going to DTs, and DTs was so much fun. It um, had a lot of gay friends there, and uh, I'd had the drag show, and they started to get a small number of uh, transgender people that would uh, sort of just sort of hang around. I got to know some of them as really good friends, and we started to learn a lot more together about the transgender world because it was all a bit of a new experience. And same medically, because there was a lot of stuff that was still being found out about HRT or hormone replacement therapy, for whether you go on the testosterone or whether you go on the estrogen, all those sorts of changes. Even for a lot of the specialists that we were going to back then, um, it was quite new for them, so it wasn't necessarily experimental, but 
you would have to go through quite a few changes before you knew exactly what levels were correct for you and what sort of treatments you wanted and and eventually you get to the point where you decide that you want to have the full surgery and I decided that I wanted to have gender reassignment surgery. So I had to do a lot of saving and eventually I went to um, Dr. or Mr. Andrew Ives. He was one of the top surgeons around that was doing that and he still is. So I had that surgery done and that was quite an amazing experience. Just the changes that you go through and how you feel more emotionally than just physically, how you, experiences that you have and things like that. You just learn so much more about yourself that you didn't know existed. And for those people that choose not to do that, then that, that's, that was their option too. That, that was also the direction they wanted to head in. But um, I was pretty certain that I wanted to feel complete as a woman. So I decided that I wanted to have that operation as well as staying on the hormones for the rest of my life. But it also meant that after the operation I could stop taking the, um, the blockers, as they call them, which block the testosterone. Um, that was one less thing to worry about and even now I'm still going through experiences which are quite amazing that you learn about yourself emotionally and physically after having those changes made. From friends that were cis women, they accepted me more as a woman after having the gender reassignment operation. Prior to that, you were still accepted, but I think there was always felt like there was just a little bit, little bit of a difference. That's not the case of everyone, but with some people, they felt that way. And I also learned a lot about because I felt a lot more feminine about myself. That aspect of me came out more and I acted more as, as, I suppose, as a natural woman. And you also get to see more of what women experience once you're fully accepted as a woman, the positive things and the negative things. For example, um, I used to go into electronic shops all the time when I was um, a boy. And there's never any question, they'd never ask you what you're looking for or as if you already knew what you were doing. As a woman, you're treated as though you didn't really know anything. And that was the most apparent thing that I noticed once I started to fully accept myself as a woman and that part of me started to come out naturally. And that was a real... I knew it existed, but it was just a real shock to experience it. Just the difference in how women are treated compared to how men are treated in society. And the same with jobs, how we're treated differently, paid differently, and spoken to differently. It's something that you, you do have to take into account if you are going to fully change and become the woman that you're meant to be. That there are more positives, but there are still some negatives that you will experience. And you just have to learn to not live with them, but you learn to talk about them. And if you have the opportunity, be able to change them in some respect. 
I've had peer support probably for about four years now. Initially from the Seahorse Club in Melbourne, we used to travel down from Castlemaine to um, the Seahorse Club, which was pretty much a transgender and cross-dressing sort of group that used to get together about once a month. And I went to one of the uh, uh, clothes swap events and gender events that they had in Bendigo, and I met uh, Zara, and she invited me to TGD Bendigo and Beyond, uh, which is the group that she had started. I joined that and eventually became a committee member, sort of helping out with the clothes swaps and a lot of other uh, gender initiatives that uh, were promoted. Really a lot of a lot of things around educating people about who we are and uh, gender diversity and what it means and just how for the general public who really doesn't have a very good understanding how to treat us and just with pronouns and just learn to respect us and accept us. And a lot of it's around acceptance and uh, trying to remove ignorance just a lot of general misunderstandings that people have. The media doesn't necessarily help a lot of that in any way and we tend to find that a lot of the time we're in a process of correcting a lot of what the media and what movies and TV shows try to show us as, which is generally uh, incorrect a lot of the time. And all we're really trying to do is help our community, which is such a very close and a very understanding and caring community. And it's uh, so very close to all of our hearts. And um, the good thing to learn about this community is that it's always there for you and it's always very supportive because we have times in which we struggle and uh, find things very difficult. Sometimes professional help's not always there when you need it, and it's good to have those friends in that community as part of your circle. podcast has been produced by Shireen Clow, editing and original music by Amy Chapman, interviews conducted by Shireen Clow and Amalia O'Hara. A big thank you to all participants for sharing their stories with such wonderful generosity of spirit. If anything within this episode has been upsetting for you, please reach out and call the dedicated LGBTIQA plus helpline switchboard on 1800 184 527 or lifeline 13 11 14 Kids Helpline 1 800 55 1 800